0: That's chumbacasino.com.
1: No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Exactly. I didn't have to worry about a thing being in Uganda. I was just a woman. I didn't have to worry about being a black woman at all. Mm -hmm. I just was. Uh, Oh, why? Yeah. (laughs) Oh, why? (laughs) Oh, why? (laughs) Oh, why? Like this. I mean, just is, is it, is it a, not a curse, not a sickness, not a anything, but is it just a, A Western black woman existence that we have to
0: just do this all the time. Hello, everyone. I'm Emmeline Mondo, and this is Mondo Moments. Now, you know the drill. I believe life is made up of millions of tiny moments, and one of our tasks as humans is to be present for as many of them as possible. Well, This was definitely a moment. Now, all of my conversations on this podcast are moments because I adore everyone that I asked to join me. But this conversation was filled with the elements interrupting. We had a connection breakdown and all the laughter, joy, and lamenting, I guess, that is filled with our friendship. And I wanted to keep all of it in, so it might sound a little different, even the intro's different. Honestly, I forgot we were recording, and this conversation is like sitting with us in the living room with blankets and popcorn, or being a fly on the wall in our conversation. I love Giselle's vulnerability, laughter, wisdom, jokes, and um, honestly, I'm just howling with laughter through most of it, so... Um, I do hope you enjoy it let's get started with the conversation and you'll see what I mean immediately hi Giselle how are you doing I'm well how are you doing I'm I'm just so excited to have you I'm always like thrilled to be speaking to you because you're a joy oh sorry just (laughs) lightning (laughs) (laughs) oh can you hear that I can
1: that's exciting
0: wow okay okay
1: <laughs> okay pause <laughs> well get ready for the train that's about to come by barreling by the house very soon so we're wow just gonna- oh, this- but also
0: mm-hmm. like the ancestors are in the room that was come on that was a lot of energy okay so I'm just gonna I'm sorry, how crazy was that thunder? <laughs> and I think that lightning was an indication of things to come. Let me tell you a little bit about Giselle Leblue Gant. She is an actress from New York City. She graduated from the Southern Methodist University with a BFA in theater, and the Royal Central School of Speech and Drama with an MFA in classical theater. Giselle recently finished her one-woman show The Year of the Rooster Monk, which had a run in London, and she's also recently appeared on Christmas Hotel, which is on Lifetime Network. She has also been a host on BET, on the series Black to Life, and the S-H-I-T. She's also been nominated for a Daytime Emmy for her role in the web series Anacostia. Giselle is a teacher, dreamer, creator, innovator. She's also my friend. Let's get into the conversation. Thank you so much for joining me, Giselle. We had a momentary interruption there of thunder and lightning, but that's cool. Tell me, how are you doing today? You're in L.A., right?
1: Uh, no, I'm in the Bay Area, uh-huh. um, but, Uh huh. but I am doing very well. It's a beautiful cold day, randomly. It's cold in California. It's stupid. How, but, how, um,
0: like what? London cold? Or what do you mean by cold? Because I know those those California colds aren't always like <laughs>
1: it's early morning frost, like in the 50 degrees, like 59 degrees, 60 degrees. I don't know what that is in Celsius because they never taught us that. So good luck. I
0: I was about to say, can you translate that into, (laughs) okay, all right, fine, fine. Um, Okay, so COVID, we're, it's 21 Mm -hmm. and we're like nearly five months out of that COVID year. How are you feeling in this moment and um, after the the year that we've had?
1: Um, I was optimistic at the beginning of COVID. I thought that everything was just gonna work out for the better. Like we're all gonna have a spiritual awakening. Like literally everyone's just gonna emerge from COVID like dancing like at the end of the whiz. Like I really thought that we were gonna sing Brand New Day in the middle of Times Square. And then, um, yeah, then like life started to happen for me. And a lot of things happened to really shift my perspective. I thought my perspective was already shifted. I thought I was open and ready to receive. and. No, Absolutely. and so when life started to happen and all of these things, you know, I moved from New York, my home. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I fell sick, like you know, death in the family of my grandmother. There was so much happening.
0: Yeah, and then
1: yeah. I really had to have a spiritual awakening and a shift, and it looked nothing like I thought it would. It felt nothing like I thought it would. Wow. Um, and so. Uh, yeah, I think I'm in the midst of that right now, just trying to sort of balance everything um, in terms of my spirit, in terms of practicality, because I am a flighty woman. I will, you know, I do whatever, you know, I feel like, um, you know, balancing all those things and, you know, seeing what the rest of COVID is going to look like for myself.
0: Mm, well, I think that, spiritual awakenings are interesting because they have been almost romanticized in sometimes romanticized by a wellness community of you know sunshine happiness peace and love when actually the real work of spiritual awakening is confronting fears it's shadow work it's stepping into that which you have unconsciously ran away from and um I guess the skill of pivoting in and out of that world is sharpened sometimes when you're an actor. Now you are an actor and well, yes. many things, a writer, an actor, a voiceover, coach, an artist. And I wonder the pivot and the process of like working through this, you know, what what you've called an awakening. How has it has it had an effect on how you see your your work as an artist? Has it been like intertwined with that.
1: I was forced to sort of confront what I value, I really value as an Mm. artist, what I value as a black woman, what I value as a citizen of the world and of America. So I had to really sort of reevaluate all of these things in my art. And, you know, at some point I sort of had to feel, you know, I, I had to sort of ask myself, is the hustle... Was the hustle that I was doing in New York, you know, before COVID, like, you know, trying to do everything, try to be everywhere, and you know, auditioning for a ton of things to get one little thing, one measly little thing, fighting with other people to get one little thing—is that how I see myself as an artist? Is mm-hmm. that what I want? Is that you know, is that the life I want to lead? Mm-hmm. And so I had to ask myself that hard question, and I don't, you know, know if I know the answer yet. Mm. But at least I'm thinking about it. Um, It's really shifted how I I see, I mean, I always knew that I had to create my own work, but I think now it's just like, it's staring me in the face. Like I need to just do that rather than, you know just be the audition girl that I was. I think I need to open my horizons a little bit more.
0: So you, you did, you know, giving yourself credit, you did step into doing that. You wrote a one woman show, wrote and performed a one woman show in the, don't pull a face, people who can't (laughs) see the first place, she's trying to pull a face. It is an extraordinary achievement. And regardless of, look, I've said this to you before, privately, regardless of what comes out, after the process of completing a, a body of work like that, you got it out. You got something out, and I'd That's like true. to talk a little bit about that piece because it does incorporate your love affair, um, or or at least your yeah your hometown. I was going to say your love affair with New York, but it's it's more than a love affair. It's it's home, yeah. and yes. um, you. I mean, there are many layers of what you discussed in the piece from gentrification to your mum deciding to sell the the house that you'd grown up, have grown up in and moved to Ghana, which is definitely a, a piece that we'll talk about. But all of those themes of of great change, of having to again confront fear and find a way to pivot and then putting that into your work. I really want to congratulate you, first of all, for doing it, but also... Yeah, what was the process like to find find it in yourself to
1: begin to
0: begin doing that?
1: Um, the process it, it was a the process as you say <laughs> I'm gonna say it like you the process um it was it was interesting it was a lot more work than I thought it was going to be emotionally a lot more emotional work mm. um I thought by sort of having a uh biomythography of myself. Like you know what I mean? Like that I could sort of divorce a lot of my feelings and my emotions about this topic that I was discussing. Uh, and I, I really couldn't. And so when editing came, <laughs> the editing process yeah. with like my director, <laughs> it was very hard because everything was so precious to me. Because this was my life. This was you know something that meant so so much to me. And I was writing this in the midst of moving from New York, moving from the house, like literally like saying goodbye to the ghosts of the the house that I've known for so long. Like it was just too emotional. So, you know, and that coupled with, you know, trying to write this piece and it also being all over the place, I think it's something that I might need to revisit, but, um, it was a very, it was harder than I thought. And I, now that I have some years behind me since that, um, event, I think I could try my hand at it again and maybe it'd be a little bit more, uh, focused. Does
0: that mean we have another one woman show by Giselle Gamp coming up? Um, (laughs) mm -hmm. (laughs) Sips tea, side eye. Okay. (laughs) She's like, I'm not even going to drop what, what's next. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, can we have a little moment for New York, mm-hmm. New yes. York? Because I mean, I've definitely mentioned it at least three times in you know previous episodes, and people who know me will know I've got a love, love, you know, addiction with it. Um, how are you feeling about your hometown city post pandemic? You said something to me recently, which was the line can't leave me now. You said New York is not my Mecca anymore.
1: Not like it's that. Um,
0: and I'd love to unpack that. If you, you know.
1: Yeah. I thought the sun rose and set on New York. I really, I believed that, you know, as a New Yorker, like mm-hmm. I can do anything. I, you know, and I mean, our, our, our damn um, high school, like graduation song was, um, um, uh, it's New York, isn't it? Uh, If I can make it there, I'll make it anywhere. It's up to you, New York. This was our high school graduation song. So it's like beat into you that like New York is it. That's it. You've got to make it here. You've got to do that. Otherwise you're a failure. Sort of that's a little addendum that I put in my mind. But that's just what it is. And so, you know, and, you know, I love other parts of the world tremendously. And seeing how New York well, I'm not going to say that for those who love New York, <coughs> Emily. You could, but I will you say... Also, I
0: want you to speak honestly about your you know, your feelings about it now because
1: cities change and people change. Yeah. And it informs yeah. It currently, I feel that New York is a little... It's not the place that I feel that I, A, can thrive um, because there's a lot going on. It's very commercial, New York. There's less weirdness of New York. I mean of course there's New Yorkers are always going to be weird. But just you know on a sort of like grander level, there's less weird things happening and I loved the weirdness of New York. I loved the fact that you can go to little hole in the walls and they are true hole in the walls started by mom and pops who you know what I mean who have like I mean like Yaffa Cafe was one of my favorite places to go in New York. Mm. The the decor was Absolutely disgusting. I mean, it was it was leopard a, a thousand different variations of leopard. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? The couches, the art was just a mess. And it was the coolest place in New York to me. And like think places like that closing down. Do you know what I mean? Being replaced by banks or, you know, a whole bunch of cool, I say in quotes, places that are trying so hard and not actually cool <laughs> like yeah, things yeah. like that and and New York has sort of lost its luster for me in that and also you know just being able to support yourself as a regular Joe Schmo human being in New York has grown harder and mm. harder and harder and a lot more people are leaving who are just regular folks not so much artists not so much you know people who have a shot at making millions of dollars mm. but you know it's just regular folks and you know that's what made New York for me and so there's a mass exodus of all those people and you know I I don't blame them I sort of I have joined them.
0: Yeah you get it I hear you know gentrification and cities changing it's something that will always happen and I think in certain periods of time people are able to come together and push back against systems and establishments and I think that One of the cities that has suffered the most with capitalism, like on a rampant rise, because it is this heartbeat of like so much, you know, of Wall Street, of money and power is New York. And I think, you know, we've seen in the past the way artists have pushed back and fought and managed to keep a little bit. But where I'd agree with you is the pause, the COVID like global pause, as I like to call it, made you ask like, how am I living? And how is this serving me? And you know, I can't deny, even though I still plan to be there, I can't deny that the mentality that I had when I was younger when I thought I could survive there, I didn't mind too much if I had um, a sailor kitchen that was non not in use. <laughs> because I was like, I'll be out anyway. I didn't mind right. too much if I had like, you know, a tiny little room because I'd be out anyway. And I exactly. you know, all, all these things that you didn't care about actually you, you grow up, but also the, the p- pandemic made you say, are you living well, like without these basic things? And I think, exactly. I think all cities will suffer with this question because London is the same. Like London is, you know, every Londoner will tell you, if you look at East London, for example, and Shoreditch and Dawson, it is just completely transformed. And there's so little character, so hard to like be able to mm-hmm. be normal and survive in the center of London. But I think what you have to balance it out with is if you're able to create a little bit of something that is important for what you find important, then you can like, you know, see it out. I also think there's something to be said for um, leaving hometowns. So we both connected on this thing where like, Giselle's a Harlem girl who loves London. She studied at Central School of Speech and Drama. She has a, a beautiful London story of when she was a little girl on holiday here with her mom, And she was like, this is my place, I'm going to live here. And she's <laughs> endeavoured and made a way to be here on several occasions. And the flip reverses for me um, in, in towards New York and London. So I think that we are women who like to move, as you said um mm-hmm. love to move and we leave our hometowns because we're in search of the next thing you know I met you walking down the road in Kampala so <laughs> <That's true. laughs> that was my absolute favorite thing about you <laughs> um so let let's talk a little bit about that actually mm-hmm. um Uganda you found yourself in Uganda what year was it was it twenty fifty? yeah 15 16 around there 15, I don't actually 15, yeah. know. Um, yeah. can you talk a little bit about the journey to
1: leave New York for Kampala yes so it was completely a whirlwind uh, my friends who I went to central with they started a theater company and <laughs> my friend her uncle lived or lived yeah lived in Kampala with his family and um, they have a expat like Shakespeare Club, it's so weird. Like oh, it's just oh. so weird. But they they did like little random Shakespeare plays with all the expats from like England who just want to get together and like try their hand at like Shakespeare. It was so weird. And so she, because she's a director, she decided she was like, you know what? I want to do something in Kampala. So Giselle, we're doing um, uh, what was it? No um. Beatrice and Benedict. Jesus, I can't remember the play I mean, now. I can't remember uh, anything. This is, this is killing me now.
0: But I feel embarrassed that we don't know it. Hold on.
1: I'm embarrassed too, but part of my sickness is my memory. So I'm not gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna just give that, pass it <laughs> off to. Benedict. Me. Much ado. Much ado, we all know this. Anyway, they were doing Much Ado. We went over there to do Much Ado and she was like, we're doing Much Ado. We want you to play our Beatrice, who was supposed to be Ganden, has dropped out. Yeah. We right. need, we're over here now. Can you get here in a week? And I was like, yeah, all right. <laughs> like I just was gifted some money like a week before and I was like, right. yeah, I can yeah. get a ticket. I can do yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was yeah. Over week, and we did the show and then I fell in love with Kampala and Uganda and just sort of stayed another six months. I know, <laughs> six months.
0: I love it. As yeah. an African-American woman, is Has that trip or that thought of going to any country in Africa been on your mind? Had it been on your mind and your heart that you wanted to do it? Because also, I think I'm familiar of a lot of African-Americans who want to, but have um, misconceptions or fears about making the trip to the continent. Right. What was your initial feeling, or maybe there's something in your upbringing that meant that you didn't even think twice about it?
1: That's that's what it was. Um, right. So both my parents are Afrophiles. They have been to the continent a thousand times, um, but not, never East. Yeah. My dad has been back and forth to Nigeria. He's had a thousand jobs. Like I had, like he was selling diamonds at one point in Nigeria. He was a campaign manager for some dude like running for, you know, prime minister. It was, it was just a lot. Yeah. So my family has been like everywhere. And so just the idea of going to the continent was nothing, you know, and the first time I ever went was my dad was shooting a movie in Rwanda. I went there with him. Wow. Um, I turned 21, I think. Wow. Yeah, because wow. I got drunk on the, on the plane right over because I could. <laughs> I got really <laughs> drunk because I was 21. So, um, yeah. So, you know, being on the continent just seemed like second home to me. Right. It doesn't matter right. where it was. Second home, you know. So, you know.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's a blessing that your parents had already had began making that journey. And so you were well informed in it. I was always really curious about what, yeah, just about the ease of being there because I'd been traveling back to Uganda for some time, and I'd not met the only Americans I'd met were expats, um, and they they were white expats. I mean, you were too, but they were white. This is what I'm trying to say. Wait,
1: what? Oh, I was like, I thought you said I was white too. I was like, don't, no, no, no. Call no. me a Mzungu. You don't would,
0: you do it? No way. <laughs> Technically, you know, it's funny because expats. A friend said to me at the time when I was going back to Ug, and and he was like. Yeah, my parents, I don't know why um, Why, when in conversation with white people, they say immigrants. My parents are expats. Both his parents are doctors. And he was like, you know, they're expats here, but why oh, do that's... we use expats for yes. white people who move to the continent? But, you know, educated Africans who move to Europe are called immigrants.
1: Oh, girl, we know why. Stop I was, it. Uh, yeah, well, we do <laughs> we know why. It, so. <laughs> it, right?
0: um, but yeah, he, he put it like that. And I was like, yeah, so technically you are an expat in UG. Yes. In a way.
1: Yes, I am. I know. I know. I know. Um, I know. And I, I was, was using it to my
0: full advantage. You were, you were rocking it. And I really miss Uganda. What do you miss most about it?
1: The, um, the motorbikes.
0: What about a Rolex after a party?
1: I, wow. Rolexes. I tried my hand at making one here. And it was really bad. It doesn't. <laughs> it seem was bad. really bad. It
0: doesn't taste the same. I don't know what it is about. I don't know. I think you've got to be like existing in that sort of like heat and that kind of
1: ease for it to feel all right. And and going down to the market like in uh, Gaba yeah, and like getting a whole fish, uh, fresh and, fish, yes, and cassava and kachumbali and then having a Nile special. That is what I miss the most. Hey, (laughs) When are we going back, M, Oh, my
0: God. Get me back. Well, actually, you've got a trip coming up, haven't you? Mm Mm-hmm. Ghana
1: and Tanzania. And
0: it's... Oh, TZ is on now, honey. You just dropped that to me now. TZ is on. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Wait. So that obviously means Zanzibar is on.
1: Absolutely. I'm saying a week in Zanzibar. And emeline we must discuss property oh yeah so i'm literally looking at a lot of property in ghana when i go because i just need to own some land but i have con- I, i've known this guy for a while but he is um in tanzania he is a uh, real estate guy and he is telling me and showing me all the properties for sale in zanzibar for
0: <laughs> why are you just no? know <laughs> I, I don't know. A post, this is a post pod breakdown <laughs>
1: <laughs> we must on Zanzibar. You know yes I am. I know. So this is why I believe in getting a gaggle of friends together yeah. and yeah. buying or doing something with property somewhere else. Yeah, so you all can yeah. have a summer home. Yeah, you can like time share it with each other. Yeah, we must do that. I think as a people. He As a
0: people, that. it's essential—a mm-hmm. place to be, a place to breathe. I think this is so important. So we'll yes. continue this after after the podcast because <laughs> I, I want to break <laughs> break this down, figure it out. But yeah, a place to be. Recently, I've been thinking about a way of being and like how we how we've been showing up in this world and also what again 2020 has made us realize about who we are in this moment and like what's important that we do and I think touching on land is so important because it's that way of I guess a sense of belonging and a sense of like yes taking off a fight and I know obviously you've grown up in Harlem and you know America inside out is there something about 2020 that just made you think enough is enough. Hence, this property.
1: I mean, yes. yeah, this property. I mean, I've always been threatening to leave you know, America. For I've some always, years. For some years. For some years. I've always been threatening. But I think now it's just sort of like it's really apparent to me because I also, you know, in the very near future, I want to start a family. And so, where do I want to start a family? yeah That's also yeah. a very, you know, prominent question in my head. So yeah, yeah, I gotta, yeah. do you know what I mean? And I know it it's not gonna be here. I don't want it here. Um do you know what I mean? I just I there there is something about America right now that doesn't appeal to me and it's governmental. It's just care of the people. And I, I'm I'm sure I it's going to be I'm going to be hard pressed to find, you know, any country yes. on this map where they care about their people enough. Right. Do you know what right, I mean? But right, right. I just know for me this ain't it. But, you know, again, it might just be the wanderer in me who wants to try to find something better somewhere else. It could be. be. Yeah. I
0: mean, what do you think about, I often hear people, particularly in the UK, um, speak about how terrible, I'm using air quotes, America is at the moment. And then I say to them, name me another place in the Western world where you can name over five African-American women and Over ten African American women in positions of power across industry, and who are really leading a conversation that's inclusive. And I think America feels hot at the moment because it is, because we are in the middle of a global like great change. But my response to that is always, name me another place. Like even even countries on the continent in in where women are in positions. Not just of power, but a really influencing change in the way that they're doing in America.
1: And I, well, I mean, I, I think I would push back on our Western ideals and our Western way of looking at other countries and the news that we get. Because personally, you're right. I don't know because I'm not exposed to those places. Do you, Do you know what I mean? I'm sure in South Africa, I could. There are fifty eleven thousand. But do I know them? Yeah, you're right, actually. Right. I don't know them. Do you know what I mean? Um, Tanzania just uh, had their first female president. I mean, you know, she's probably going to pack her cabinet with a lot of stuff. But do we know them as Westerners? No, because that's over there. That's Africa. It's not over here. It's not. Do you know what I mean? What we think? I don't know. I think it's very we have to sort of decolonize uh, our news and our minds about what we know do you know what i mean i love it. Like- i think
0: that's a, yeah thank you for saying that because i remember hearing a news story that in madagascar um mm. the the current leader tried to put forward um a cure a natural cure that exactly. he had discovered for for covid and it was like simmer down with that but what exactly. are the numbers and rates of covid in madagascar they're so low um yes. across the islands across the caribbean islands there's like less than 10 cases of COVID in some places. So you're so right. Like I'm going on my mind that is drenched in Western news of like, you know. But it happens. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, I'm even looking at the news uh, today and seeing how Western uh, American news, I will say American news is covering Mm -hmm. uh, Israel and Palestine. It's very interesting. I mean, literally it says like uh, the escalation between Israel and uh Palestinian Palestinian militants. And just sort of like, wow, okay. And that's the narrative that we are being fed over here. And if we don't sort of expand our news, expand our minds, expand a whole lot of stuff, we'll get stuck in one narrative. Hence we don't know other black women doing amazing things around yeah. the world.
0: Yeah. Because one thing we do know for sure is that black women will continue to rise wherever you place them. So we just not know. Yeah. Yeah. Great food for thought. Um, well, I definitely look forward to our holiday home in Zanzibar that everyone's gonna be calling. Me <laughs> Absolutely.
1: <before. laughs> it's going to be overlooking the water. It's gonna be amazing.
0: <laughs> you touched on a point that I think about as well, it which is like family and um definitely feeling that even though I I'll probably be in the States in the near future, I don't think I'd raise. No, I know that I won't be raising my children there. So, um, yeah, it's an interesting thing to yeah thing to consider.
1: Yeah. And, you know, I'm thinking about like a lot of, you know, I'm thinking about like minute new things like childbirth, where do I want to have a baby? Mm. And I don't, I mean, literally in a hospital, where do I want to have a baby? And it's not going to be in America. And we have this idea of, oh no, America's have the best hospitals in the world. You have to have a baby here. And it's sort of like, statistically, for Black women, yeah. no, yeah. <laughs> I'm not
0: going to be happy. I mean, a that's the same in the UK as well. Is it really? No, that's yeah. Important. We've just had like loads of back to do- back documentaries about it. And um, it's to do with the medical profession and how, well, many factors, but mostly how um, they don't believe our pain, you know? In April 2019, the BBC reported black women are still four times more likely than white women to die in pregnancy or childbirth in the UK. And in the US, the rate of pregnancy-related deaths among black women is three to four times higher than among white women. Dr Anna Langer, director of the Women and Health Initiative at Harvard Chan School of Public Health in Boston, said... The reason behind the racial disparities are many and complex. Lack of access and poor quality care are leading factors, particularly among women at lower socioeconomic levels. Lang goes on to say, There's a bigger problem. Basically, black women are undervalued. They are not monitored as carefully as white women are. When they do present with symptoms, they are often dismissed. The American Heart Organization spoke with Dr. Alison Bryant Mantha. She said, Racism affects so many things before the patient even gets to the clinical encounter. Both implicit bias and structural racism affect how women are cared for in the healthcare system. Quote. The research, data, and voices of black women prove that our voices are not only unheard, but they are not believed in critical moments of our care.
1: Yeah, let me go somewhere where they will. <laughs> like, yeah, yes. I think Black women, we are sort of, again, colonizing our minds to think that there is only one way to do something. Right. And it's the Western way. Yeah. And yeah. again, you know what I mean? I think. Totally. Like
0: one area of that, we'll finish on the babies and births <laughs> shortly. <laughs> my womb. <When>, um, <laughs> one, one part of that recently, I was speaking with my sister about um, how in gynecology in the West, the only reason women lay on their backs to give birth is so that men could have a look at what was going on when really the best position to give birth is to actually be in a squat. So the way that women do have, you know, give birth in, in the village is that they get into that squat position. It makes sense because the baby then just like, does. comes out. And so you're not supposed to be on your back because, you know, it's the change of flow and gravity. And I was like, that is just like a very simple, basic thing that, People would easily disregard. But when you look at the practical nature, instinctive view of that, it's like, why are we lying on our backs to do Exactly. That? <laughs> what are you we doing? Really, and, you know, like, just think about how,
1: like, the breath and the, like, push that you get when you're in that squat, lower squat position. And what's even sadder is that could you imagine trying to stand up in a hospital bed? or tr- like all the doctors around you like actually I want to yeah. squat they're gonna be like no. lay your ass down <laughs> I mean, you're not squatting anything we're gonna pull this baby out yeah. of you yeah you know
0: yeah. what I mean yeah
1: fascinating <laughs> thank um, you for this, this uh, baby talk thank you so
0: much. <laughs> <laughs> well the other thing I'm thinking now about and I think this question for everyone is so up in the air because you know what the hell is anyone doing but In terms of, (laughs) I'm going to, I want to ask the question about, you know, how you might create in the future, what you're thinking about creating and, or just being a part of what's inspiring you and what's moving you as an artist or Mm. what's inspiring you as, you know, Miss Miss Giselle Gant, what should I do post 2020? Because I think it could be
1: anything. I'm actually in a place that I am not really inspired. And that's what's really sad. I think mm-hmm. I'm, I'm mourning my inspiration right now. Mm-hmm. I am just in a place of consumption and I'm consuming a whole lot of uh, data and consuming a whole lot of uh, content. And I'm just sort of like, I'm very clear about what I don't like. Yeah, I'm very yeah. clear about what's cute, but I don't really know. I, I am having trouble seeing how I fit in. Right. In this and way, so- yeah. In this, in this moment, thank you, Emily, in this moment. <laughs> so I have to, uh, so I think when I go back to Ghana, it's really going to be a chance for me to really uh, explore that for myself. G- Ghana is going to be a real uh, fun and yet quiet time for myself to sit with myself and my art. And that is my aim. And that is my, um, that's gonna be my purpose when I go out there.
0: Yeah, I, it's I all- vastly uninspired. I mean, we're also in a pandemic true feeling. that's really so true. it's fine how you're feeling and um you know I read something recently I don't know if you've come across this word but um psychologists were, were sort of bringing it forward as um something for us to bring into our lexicon which is the word languishing this was in mm-hmm. the New York Times and la- to languish um is to to be in a state of non-event or feel unsuccessful and you know, so when people say, how are you? And you say, I'm languishing. It's just this nothingness. And apparently this is going to be like the, the number one feeling in 21. And I was like, I'm going to learn that word. because yes, thank you. Because it's like, langu- yeah, even I like saying it, languishing. Um, I guess I'm just bringing it forward to say it's it's fine to feel uninspired at the moment because we're moving out of something. And as you said at the beginning of the pod, you've gone from a move, you know, lost your grandma, like, had news about your health that you're now working through. And it's like, there's so much information to process.
1: Yes, but I think what, being an artist as well, and an artist in a competitive sort of field as sort of just, you know, acting is you also feel behind the eight ball. You also feel uh, that, There are other people creating. They're getting so much done. People are doing so much. They're they're actually getting rich in this time. What am I doing? I'm not doing anything. I'm sitting here, like with a bottle. I literally have a bottle of wine on my desk, and like (laughs) just 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 looking out the window. What am I doing? What am I doing? And I'm not producing. And this feeling of that I'm not producing. I'm not producing. So ergo, I'm not viable. And I'm not. Do you know what I mean? I'm not. And and what? uh, Can we just name the system that makes you
0: feel that if you're not producing or viable, you're not valuable?
1: Uh, Ah, capitalism. Absolutely.
0: (laughs) What's that system I'm trying to break down? Yes, Um, this was a teachable moment by (laughs) Emily Mondo. You know, yeah. I mean, we all do it. We're all there. I think. Yeah. Yeah, I think one thing everyone will say is that it's everyone's had that feeling of like, oh my gosh, they're doing so much, they're being so productive, they're getting this, 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 and that done. And I think it's just, it's waves and it's process, and it's about, it's about compassion, right? Being, finding a way to be kinder to ourselves, um, as much as we can. I think both you and I have learned that we have to be in in that way. Especially yeah. in the industry, well, in the film and television industry, which we're both like, am I even in? It? <laughs> am I even in it?
1: <laughs> <laughs> am I still considered an actor? At this I mean, point?
0: I mean like, <laughs> let's unpack this because it's, um, yes. it's awkward and like sweet and like hopeful. <laughs> no, look, I. Oh, okay. I think I said this to you again, off the record, like to me, you're, you're an artist and always an actor. And the lesson for me in 2020 was remembering, remembering that, remembering who I am, actually remembering that by nature, I'm a storyteller by nature, you are a storyteller. And that's a part of our calling. That's actually non-negotiable and actually not up for debate. Like we can debate how successful we are. We can debate whether That's we're true. doing it or not. We can debate whether it's good or not. But <laughs> we're storytellers. That's true. So That's let's true. round that off nicely. Okay. Thank you so
1: much. All right. Yes, we are <laughs> storytellers.
0: We are. But it's a very real like struggle, fear and challenge to feel like one, to feel worthy when you're not actually doing it. hmm. How do you feel about the process of acceptance in that? Are you, are you getting any better at it?
1: Am I getting better at it? No, I think, I think because I'm just <laughs> generally just hard at myself. I'm not, uh, I'm not getting any better at it. But I think I know that in this present moment right now, how I'm with myself and how horribly I talk to myself about certain things. But I also know that in the next moment, I have the ability to change that. And so it's just being allowing myself to be in those other moments where I am being nice to myself, I guess, and <laughs> and and talking to myself in a better way, and just sort of thinking outside of the box and being more optimistic. Um, I think that's that that's the struggle I'm I'm having right now is to um, to have more of those moments. Yeah, uh, but yeah. I'll get there. I'll get there, and I'm sure I'll get there in Ghana. <laughs> yes, yes, I believe
0: that. Um, how how is your Buddhist practices helped you with that. Are you still practicing or spirituality? How's that sat
1: in acceptance? I think because I was born Buddhist and grew up Buddhist, the way I think about things are very Buddhist. Now the practice of it, I'm lazy. So I'm not, I mean, my practice has gone to the wayside, yeah. but the thinking and the thought processes and, um, the tenets of Buddhism are always there in the back of my mind.
0: Yeah. For example,
1: yeah. the ability—what I just said—the ability yeah. to change yeah. moment to moment—that's yeah. very Buddhist, yeah. and that's just inherent in me. Now, whether I actually get up in the morning and do and chant, no. I mean, I'm just lazy. But do you know? But I know I can always call back to that, and all, always the Buddhists, Buddhist Buddhist always the Buddhist tenets are there within me. So.
0: Yeah. You know, I think it's beautiful to just recognize that they're always there with you because I kind of feel that about about grace and spirit, right? Like I might forget to pray sometimes or might forget who I am, you know, the infinite, this infinite channel of like energy and and like divine light within me, I forget, you know, we forget every day. But because I've known it, it never leaves me, you know?
1: Because we've known
0: it once before, it actually never leaves. And it's always just there waiting for you to allow it to
1: to hold you and guide you so exactly and I think uh you know you might have moments of slip up but those slip ups um last you know they're the shorter and shorter for example yeah I mean last night I had uh, I had a complete breakdown and mm-hmm. my mother was like oh my god and I was like just get out the front of me because I was sort of lamenting or languishing there it is languishing um, <laughs> Uh, and just sort of like bemoaning my state of like not being artistic, not being sort of where I feel I need to be in life. And that lasted all of three minutes, which is an accomplishment for me. I had to call my mom back. And I was like, yeah, I'm over it now. Like I've, I've gotten my little tantrum out. Thank you. Um, but do you know what I mean? Because they they the same with depression, once you understand who you are and where you're going and what you're about, those moments those slip-ups are, you know, become less frequent yeah. they are yeah. and they become shorter and shorter, which yeah. I'm so thankful yeah. for. Yeah. Because who I was yeah. even last year is different than who I am now, because I just had to realize a couple of things about myself. Yeah, You know, yeah. I'm the shit sometimes. So I got to <laughs> just hang on to that. <laughs> yeah. This is
0: true. This is true. I read somewhere recently about, uh, no, Tara Brack said, like, the spiritual life is a process of remembering and forgetting so it's literally like you forget who you are you remember oh I'm great oh my god exactly. I'm a, oh my god exactly. I'm amazing <laughs> so once you know awesome. that you know let yourself have that moment be fully in it like have the breakdown if you the tears if you want and then come mm-hmm. back into into that knowing but Brilliant. I don't know I love us as you know there's there's a special specific way that black women are um, We're just on a particular ride, you know, and the way that we have to keep coming back (laughs) can feel so exhausting, but we continue to do it so well. And, um, yeah, I do think it's specific to us, like, it's specific to the ways that we're here and the way that we continue to
1: be here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you find that that is... Hmm, I'm trying to frame this question where it doesn't sound like complete stupidity, but... (laughs) Do you find that in Western Black women there is more of a need for being a daily phoenix, really, like rising from the ashes oh, daily, yeah. <laughs> or is it is a Western Black woman thing, or do you think it's just a global Black woman thing? Being a daily
0: I, phoenix, first of all, let's you some space for that. <laughs> <laughs> Does a Western Black woman feel the need to be a daily phoenix? <laughs> I <laughs> absolutely love it. <laughs> um, And that is just such a great question, babe, because I think you're you're asking that from the knowledge of a very glorious way in Uganda. Like, oh, well, why? A woman is just yes. being.
1: And it's yes. so funny. Like, <laughs> welcome the to The fact your- that I didn't have to... Exactly. I didn't have to worry about a thing being in Uganda. I was just a woman. I didn't have to worry about being a black woman at all.
0: I just was.
1: Uh, oh boy. Right. Yeah. Oh what, Why? <laughs> oh boy. <what, why? laughs> like this I mean, just is is it is it a not a curse, not a sickness, not a anything, but is it just a a Western black woman existence that we have to just do this all the time?
0: a product of the system yeah I think that yeah there's certainly a way of being that we in the west we black women in the west can could lean more into but I know Mm. why we don't so I think I do actually think it's they're two different glow-ups right both are valid like I'd rather the latter I think you're about to sit in it in Ghana which (laughs) is like this very um it's a knowing, right? When you're on yes. on the continent, in the motherland, or in your homeland, where, as you say, you're not, you're just not thinking. You don't realize what you've been carrying until you get into a country where everybody looks like you, and you're not even thinking about it. You don't realize how heavy it's been until you're on my it. Oh my god! So, that so is a word. Yes. It is. It is, and I'm glad that you mentioned that because it. When I started going back to Uganda, and it was around the time that I met you, I was like. Light on my—that f- was a bang. You were. I, I was light. I was all.
1: It was you and these to Bodas with your hats, just
0: literally flying down, down the street Like you know, I was throwing things on in a really like I do love to throw on a look, but actually in UG, I literally did not care, and it was, and I'm like, oh, this is the care freeness that white girls are having, like on yes. you know, in these like Chelsea streets, and I f- was like, okay, I get it. Or and, on the you know, continent.
1: Let's
0: be real. Yeah. Yeah. They're having that carefreeness. Yeah, Yeah, they really are. So in the West, I think the way that we come back from the glow up is, it is intertwined with like, you didn't think I'd come back, did you? But here I am. And I look better (laughs) than you and I look good. And then it still feels good. Whereas in UG, I feel like the regular woman can like step out in a little, little, a little bit a little tripati here like basically not do too much and be everything and enough and know it and yes um, Yes. oh no I'm I'm jealous
1: (laughs) me too (laughs) oh my (laughs) gosh yes
0: yeah yes you don't like we don't have to do the most to be valuable and enough exactly and I feel
1: like we we have to do this all, all the time. Mm. It's exhausting. Mm. It's exhausting. Why? But but also, it's something that we... But there's also something beautiful in that. I don't I mean, know what I, it is, I, but I, it's I, beautiful. I <laughs> the beauty
0: <laughs> is that we achieve the glow. <laughs> no, it's so, it's kind of sad as well as I like, giggle. It call is. Call That's why I was like... <laughs> Is it beautiful? Well, I mean, I guess in a sad way. The beauty is that we find a way to to make it look good when actually the truth the truth of the experience that we're having is that the fight back from our like lows are wild. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's other world. Yes, like who's <laughs> like. Who's getting, coming back from these points, these minuses, all the bank accounts, minus, minus. Where's my next job? Don't I, don't know. Where's my partner? I don't know, I don't know. It's a no, it's a no, it's a no. It's a no. Then suddenly you're like, honey, and <laughs> <laughs> The Phoenix, honey,
1: literal ashes. I mean, like, how did you, like- How did what? you do that? Yeah, how do you do it? How did you do it? And I think we have to sort of pat ourselves on the back because every single black woman who lives in the West does this. And so we are kind of brilliant for that. Yeah, I think. yeah, yeah. Uh, my friend had to remind me the other day. He was like, "Giselle, I don't know how you do it, but you always bounce back from something." Like, and I'm just like, "Oh yeah, I do." Like <laughs> just, yeah, but the yeah, shit is exhausting. Yeah. yeah, it's like standing. It's being on a trampoline all day, every day yeah, for the whole right. of your life, like. That's exhausting. And we don't
0: even realize it's funny because I think that of you, I always think, wow, like you always bounce back. But I remember someone saying to me as well, oh, you always land on your feet. And I remember thinking, I don't like, why am I always falling? Like (laughs) exactly, (laughs) what's (laughs) happening? Can I just stay on my feet, please? Can (laughs) Can I just stay here? Can I just like always be walking well? Like, why is it always, always,
1: do you know what I mean?
0: It's like, exactly.
1: And that's and that's how I feel right now. Like I feel yeah. like I will I will land on my feet, but I am still up in the air, or I'm jumping right now. I'm not yeah. even coming down. Like I'm not even like about to land, and it's so annoying for me to have yeah. to keep doing this, to have yeah. to keep rising again from the ashes. I'm tired of this. Can I just burn brilliantly, please, for a while?
0: <laughs> can we keep the light on? Yeah, do, do you think that's something about the length of this pause that while we can feel, feel grateful for the stillness, actually for us, it's like longer to stay with the wounds. And so the healing, like one could argue that this amount of stillness for us in some ways is actually like an opening and a look at so much that we had just been pushing
1: on with. Yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I think it's necessary and I feel like we wouldn't have gotten, I'm just speaking about Black women. I don't think that we would have give, been given such a reprieve in our lifetimes ever. Like That's we would us. have never had a chance to breathe like this. And whether we took that chance or not, I mean, some some of these girls have been hustling since Oh. You know, the first cough last December, the December 4th, this is the first person coughed. It. They have been working and turning it out and doing everything amazingly. Yeah. Great.
0: Yeah. But for all of those other
1: ones, I think it's a real good time. But I mean, even in that, they have discovered something about themselves, haven't they? Mm-hmm. That they could turn it out, make it work. D- d- start a business right do whatever right. you travel whatever that's great that's amazing you've discovered that about yourself and i think for uh the other ones <laughs> of us we are we're discovering other things about ourselves that may not be so pretty right that right. but that need to heal and we need to heal a lot so hopefully this is a time for us black women to really heal because once you know even when you're sick for example They tell you, take that extra day or week or whatever to make sure that you're healed, because then you're going to come back a thousand times. You're going to come back swinging. And I feel like Black women are going to come back swinging hard, knocking it down. But we need to take this time to heal honestly Mm -hmm. and be honest with ourselves so we can come back and just rule the world like we have to
0: yeah <laughs> yeah yeah really poignant that moved me as you said it because it's there are different pockets of us like leaning into the different lessons and the teachings and actually I think both sides are equally hard whether you kept it going turning stuff out or like you know pushing stuff out or you're sitting with that healing yeah my, my honest hope is that enough of us did really stop and, and allow it because I I think you're right in that we, I can't think of another time that, like, globally and as a society, we would have been given the spaciousness to. But I recognize that it's a privilege to be able to also, you know, make that
1: choice. Absolutely. I was going to say the exact same thing. Uh, It's a a wonderful privilege that a lot of us haven't been able to experience um, and probably won't ever again. I think, even in our, lineage in our seven generations i don't think we'll be able to have this reset again so i think it's i think i I really pray that we took the time to do whatever we felt was necessary for our healing Mm -hmm. so that we can go forward and be amazing
0: yeah thank you for listening to monday moments if you're enjoying these conversations please remember to like, subscribe and share. And you can leave comments either on my social media or on the review button on the app that you're listening to. I'd love to hear what you think. Thanks for tuning in and we shall be having more conversations very, very soon. Bye-bye. Step into the world of power, loyalty,